Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to All Stats, aren't we? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Alden and I'm joined today by Martin Riley. Martin, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing good, thank you. Um, I've had a disappointing Chinese fatigue. Oh, that's never good. The place... No, the... We changed the place that we normally order from because last time we ordered from them, it took like two hours to arrive. So we wanted to try try somewhere else. And this was disappointing for different reasons. So I'm not very happy because Chinese is usually my favorite takeaway to have. Oh, really? It's one that I've always enjoyed. Yeah, it's it's my it's my ultimate. Just then, curry just below that, like Indian curry just below that. Yeah. So I was quite disappointed. But I mean, I still ate it. It wasn't that bad that I couldn't eat it. Be quite bad for me not to eat food, um, but yeah, it was it was not impressive. Uh, how about you? How are you doing? What have you eaten? I'm all right. Yeah, I would I would actually say Indian is definitely my favourite curry. I definitely prefer it. But um, we have a Chinese near us where they do this like five pound box where you get like salt and pepper chicken, rice, and a sauce, and it's like it's banging mm. for five pounds. You you get loads of it, and it's like good quality. So it's it's like it's like good like if you like just don't fancy cooking or. You're like you know, coming from mm. football or something. It's good. It's good for that. But uh, what what have I eaten today? I had a roast chicken um, with some. It's like shiitake mushrooms are they called? If I'm going to be really precise, which are, which are good. Um, well, I was just some roast potatoes. So it was nice. Really enjoyed it. Sounds okay. That's good. Right. So this is a preview podcast, and we are here today to preview the big game on Friday, which is Leeds versus Leicester, because. As we're currently recording, Southampton are losing 2-0, so we might be disappointed by the end of this podcast, never mind whenever you're listening to this, but it's um, pot- potentially we could get get it down to six points and be in the title race. We could also be miles behind and disappointed in the classic Leeds United way, but we will preview this game nonetheless <laughs> and tell you what we think is going to happen. So yeah, it's very, very exciting times. There's- if you look at the how much the table has changed since our bad run in December, uh, since we we lost them on Boxing Day, and I think we'll we'll have been around twenty points behind Leicester, something like that. Yeah, about that point. And if we beat them on Friday, we're six points behind. So yeah, <laughs> that's just a testament to how good our run has been this 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 year. 
Yeah, because as, as, as we'll get into the mi- minute, like Leicester have been like fine. They've not been bad in the, in the run. They've just yeah. they've done like standard championship top of the table form. But um, yeah, just after our run of form has got us into it. And I'm definitely well more excited than I should be. I should be keeping myself grounded from years of experience knowing how that can go. But nonetheless, <laughs> I will get myself excited and be bitterly disappointed on Friday night. Most likely. Right, we don't we don't have an opposition fan for this because we kind of thought I feel like a lot we've watched a bit of Leicester for probably more than with most teams this year. Yeah. So we had a thought we had a good handle on them, so we we'd thought we'd give it our own go. So Indeed. I've already hinted at this, Martin, but do, do you wanna run us through their recent f- results and form and anything that might have changed recently for them? So yeah, the regards to the run of form, the like you said said, uh, pretty standard top of the table performance for the last ten games. They've won Six of their last games, like ten games, drawn two and lost two. Um, the losses were against Coventry, um, that was away, and against Middlesbrough, which is at home. That's their most recent fixture, which was I say quite a bit of a shock. And I wasn't expecting Middlesbrough to do that. Um, but we'll talk more about how they got that done later. Uh, but yeah, that nothing really major has changed. The slight change in what the formation is said on FB Ref. Uh, shown as more of a four-two-three-one recently that they've been going with rather than a four-three-three. So I think it. Does, I don't think it really changes the way their system performs. They still look to do the same things, but it's just the names that are on the sheet are being put into a four-two-three-one rather than a four-three-three. Yeah. Other than that, nothing really major has changed, and they're in still pretty good form for a team. Yeah, so it's what yeah, six wins, two draws, two losses. So in a normal pro- in normal Premier League, a normal championship season, that would just probably just be churning them over at the top of the table. Is that that is bang on two points mm-hmm. a game in it? So it's kind of what people say to win yeah. the league. Um, I will just looking for the XG for those results as well. So the Ipswich game, which was that on that was around Christmas, wasn't it? I remember it being was it, was it even Boxing I think Day? So yeah, rings a bell. Uh, Might have been yeah. They actually only had put up a zero point three XG in that. And it was 1.1 against. So that was one they actually lost on XG. And then what they were 1.4 against for Coventry. So Coventry were 1.4 and Leicester were 1.1. So they lost that one. Then all the others, they have won, apart from the second Ipswich game, which they drew on XG. And it was also 1-1. So it's quite satisfying. Um, but yeah, the numbers are still looking okay, despite the form maybe dipping from what the ridiculous levels it was earlier in the season. But still good form. Make that very clear. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the things maybe to know on this one is like off-pitch stuff, and I know we don't really do the intangibles here because we don't know how to deal with them, but um, there's been quite a lot of sort of, not criticism of Maresca, but I know there's been a lot, sort of like the fans are complaining about the style of play, saying it's boring, and there's been quite a lot of friction between Maresca and the fans, and I think that's probably more of a problem for Leicester at the moment than the, than the way they're actually playing, because... For some reason, the fans, despite being top of the table, playing pretty good football, are, are seem to be complaining about it. So maybe one just to keep an eye on in this one if they if they go down early, perhaps. Yeah, it is definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, for, for me, from when watching Leicester, I didn't see anything wrong with their style of play. To be honest, it looked it looked good. Uh, they were good against Borough, um, but they just didn't create as many like good scoring chances as what Borough did. Um, I mean, Leicester had 24 shots to account for their two point just over two yeah. x yeah, just over two xg, and Borough had five. But of the shots that Borough had, there were, two of those were big chances. 
and those were the two that they scored from. Yeah. So <laughs> they can't really complain. And then I think late on in the game, Vardy missed a pretty the second biggest chance. So that was probably a little bit of luck for there. But yeah, I still think Borough were quite good value for for this win, and they did definitely exploit some weaknesses in Leicester setup. But overall, I do think that Leicester do play good football, um, and that's maybe they've got used to a unattainable level of performance, which the club couldn't keep up for the whole season. Yeah. Because the one that was on towards the start of the season, where the, I'm not sure how many games it was, where there's unbeaten, but it was a lot. And that, it's never going to keep up in Championship. It's not a league where you can go a full season unbeaten. You just can't do it. It's just one of those leagues where it doesn't happen. Um, so, yeah. Take that as a warning to any, any Leeds fans who are thinking that we're going to go the rest of the season unbeaten. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I think there's a perhaps sort of a reason why the results have dropped off as well, with teams maybe being less frightened of Leicester now. But we'll probably get into that a bit later when we get into the. Uh, well, we'll get into it now, actually, so we'll talk about the in-and-out possession stuff. So do you want to start us off with the in-possession stuff, Martin? So, yeah, so most of the season, like I mentioned before, they've played with a 4-3-3 setup, and recently it's more of a 4-2-3-1. But that hasn't really changed the way I saw them earlier in the season. Uh, they've still got a 3-2 build-up structure. Thais um, and Destergaard and uh, James Justin uh, are in the three. Well, Justin will invert from left back to play as an outside centre back with Winks and Pereira, who's the right back, inverting playing midfield. And then uh, forward, you'd have Atawu and Mavdidi holding width on flanks. And they'd like to get the centre forwards dropped deep to receive to try to play flick on balls through to Dewsbury Hall, who makes runs from deep into the large space. So it's a very common move which they have and it's one that they try to generate. So if teams can stop that, that is a big thing that they can use to stop them from generating big chances because they like to do these nice in, incisive through balls from the wide areas in, in like through, through the middle. So it's a sort of inverting from the outside to the player who's dropping deeper and they do generate a lot of stuff that way. And then they also do like, like to use flanks, although they do play quite patient most of the time. They and opposed to doing long diagonal switches of play to the player who is left into base, usually either Fatawa or Mavdidi. So yeah, they've got a lot of variation in the way that they play, and they can hit in transition as well when they need to, but most of their attacks are set up through possession, and if teams are defending the box well, that can prove an issue to them. And also, at the same time, because they're having concerted pressure for a long time, sometimes they can commit too many bodies forward, and that can leave them quite open in in transition but we'll get into that a bit later on uh, for the face of it i guess one question i'd have uh following that is when we played in november they weren't able to keep those long periods of possession which they're probably used to in that game i think were we the more dominant team in that game it was felt it was quite even if anything um but how would you say their attacking play varies when they're against teams who are probably more even. I guess we haven't seen that a lot, but what would you say to that one? Well, I've not really actually watched one where it has to be more even. I wasn't able to find one where the possession stats were even. I would have liked to see that myself. Um, and just to note, the game against us um, at their grounds, they had 65% possession, so they were very, very dominant in that game, although it may not seem like it looking back because we did really, really well in that match. But they, yeah, they definitely did have long periods of possession in that game. Because we defended our box well and stopped them from generating the kind of chances they want, that's why they struggled in that game. And especially our out possession approach was quite strong in that game. But they've definitely got players who can shine in transition when when the opposing team is looking to keep hold of the ball. And 
they've got players like Fatau and Mavdidi who are definitely dangerous players when it comes to transition and also Daka and even though he's knocking on a bit Vardy is still very effective at this level so they've definitely got a lot of dangerous attackers who, who can try and in transition it's just that most teams don't look to keep hold of the ball against them so it's not often that, that you do see it and what about the out of possession side of stuff then Martin? So the, they've got a pretty strong high press uh, with the front four of um, usually Barker, uh, Dennis Price, who's been playing the attacking midfield role since um, Kizar Patiday, I think that's how you say his name, um, was brought back to Chelsea, I think. Or did he go on loan elsewhere? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, either way. Either way, he went back. He was the one who was playing um, alongside Dewsbury Hall as part of the 4 3 3. So that could be re- the reason why they decided to change up to a 4 2 3 1. Um, and then Mavdidi, and so those four will, will pass from the front. Sometimes you'll get one of the big midfielders dropping in, and at times it's almost hybrid press, which they have, because you'll notice if any if, if the opponents are, are trying to build up through the back and they've got players dropping from the attack to aid in the build-up, you'll notice one of the lesser defenders or midfielders following them into the into deep areas. Actually, kind of similar to the way we set up against Leicester, which is quite interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't remember them um, doing any hybrid pressing at the start of the season when I watched them, and that definitely just maybe seemed like an, an adaptation that we should have made throughout the season. I mean, it could have happened. I don't. I will say I watched every single game of theirs um, before the last one. I did watch a few, and it wasn't something that I recall being present. And I definitely did notice it in this game I watched. So that's something which they do look to do is to try to stop opponents from building up. But uh, sometimes. That can be exposed in itself, the players dropping deep, because what Borough did quite well was when the, the attacker was dropping deep, he would quickly move it on to a, a different player. There was one particular move, I think it was actually Lewis O'Brien um, who did it, somewhat a name which Leeds fans will be familiar with from when we almost got him a couple of times. Um, but yeah, he, he sort of dropped deep and received a ball and quickly passed it on wide and then quickly turned and ran forward after that. And so then there was just loads of space there because Leicester had committed their bodies so far forward and they've got quite a high line which to play which can be exposed by attackers who are able to. And we definitely possess attackers who are able to penetrate that sort of high line. So that will be very interesting to see how they look to set up, especially at Elland Road, considering what we did at their ground. I wonder if there'll be any sort of variation to the way they approach things at possession. And I've, I also notice there's quite often quite a lot of space down both flanks for fullbacks to attack. So when the opposition is sort of trying to build through the thirds from deeper areas into the middle, um, there will be often space for overlapping runs from the fullback, especially when the ball is drawn from one flank to the other flank. Then the attack, the fullback, actually coincidentally in this game against Pura was was Luke Ayling, <laughs> and he was finding a, a lot of space. I mean, a lot. I mean, it, I mean, Luke isn't isn't a player he used to be. If it, if that was the same Luke from the Elton days, um, he would have done a lot with that space. He did almost create some chances a couple of times in the in the game, I will say. Um, but if it was someone else, it w- they really would have made less of play because the amount of space he was getting was a lot. So it was almost Jesse Marsh football esque, which is very <laughs> quite funny because I was watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Especially because I was watching Borough play Leicester, I think probably while he was doing his Monday night football masterclass, I suppose you want to call it. It was definitely on Monday night football. Uh, that that definitely happened. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he did, did, it did indeed. Oh, Christ, 
Um, but yes, anyway, uh, that's about how they look to set up out of possession, and I do think there is things to be got at in that approach. Yeah, be I guess we're not really as much as a crossfield team as we were under Bielsa. Like we don't do that overload to isolate that we did um, under him. And the, I guess the wingers are quite like Somerville and it would probably be Nonto, won't it? Uh, I don't know. James is fit, probably Nonto though. Um, they have a sort of they come in narrow a bit more, don't they? So you might see I don't know Fur Furpo or um, Gray doesn't really push on, does he? But like there might be space for someone in that way that there was railing. You might see that. I think it's interesting what you say about there's been opportunities to get at Leicester because it, it kind of felt watching them earlier in the season that they were, I think saying better than their points total was is probably may, maybe being a bit harsh, but it felt like if teams went at them, they were there to be got at a bit and teams were showing them well too much respect as a, maybe as a relegated team. I guess they've um, yeah recently come down from the Premier League that maybe teams now are going at them a bit more and they're having a bit more look because those those gaps that existed earlier in the season are still there and their teams are actually going at them so I think that's partly why we've seen maybe a slight dip in form from Leicester the teams are more happy happy to go at them now so I'm hope I'm pretty that's why I'm I'm quite optimistic for this one as well because I think that we should be able to um get into those gaps that they leave quite well I'd like to come back to what because you said about them being quite high pressy but also maybe they'll adapt to the situation where needed so how would you guess they would approach this one with it being arguably the, the only the other best team in the league? Because, yes, they could go high pressy and may catch us in build-up, but also we could argue too good to play, to play. We could play through them and that could make them more open. So what what would you say on that one? I don't think Maresco is the sort of manager to suddenly change the way his team perform and how he wants them to play. It seems to be quite an idealist in that way that he has a way, a way that he wants to perform. Um, he did make some adaptations earlier in his career. I know from his unsuccessful spell in, I want to say Italy. Yeah, it was Italy, but I can't remember the team. Yeah, I can't remember the team either. But yeah, he, he had a pretty un- unsuccessful spell in his first club, and obviously he's, he's improved on that at Leicester. But he doesn't seem to be the sort of manager who would just suddenly make a massive change in the middle of a season to the way he's been playing for most of it. So I would still expect them to be pretty high-pressing, and maybe not as intense, and maybe the line drops a little bit, but I don't think it'll be any major changes which could potentially worry us, and, because it's difficult to do anyway. <laughs> and if you do make big changes like that, you're not sure if your players are going to be able to perform to it and be able to enact a different style of play in such a short turnaround, because... Yeah, they'll have about well, four or five days of training, but that's not really enough to make sweeping changes to the way a team sets up. So I can't see any, anything drastically different from them. Which players do we need to look out for from Leicester? I normally say good or bad, but I think in this case it could be mainly good. Yeah, it is mainly good. They've got a lot of talent in their team. I mean, you could go from goalkeeper through to attack, and it's filled with a lot of good players. Uh, their goalkeeper is probably the best goalkeeper in the league, um, Hermanson. Uh, he's performing well above his goals allowed at the moment, and he's a, a goalkeeper who has definitely prevented a lot of goals for them. So he's definitely a good player. Ricardo Pereira at right back is very, very good and much too good for the championship. Luke Fies, and I think that's how you say his name, but yeah, um, Fies. He he's also he's also very good. Um, the only chink in their back line is Yannick Vestergaard. He's probably the only player of theirs that I don't really rate. Um, he seems to be a weak link in the games which I've seen. Um, not really 
with his on the ball stuff that's reasonably good, although not the best in their back line. Um, but definitely out of possession, he leaves lots to be desired for his, especially physically, he's not a fast player at all. And I think we've got a lot of players who will be able to unnerve him. I mean, in the Borough game, um, Finn Azaz left him behind in the guts. And Azaz is a good player, but he's not really that fast. <laughs> and he was left behind quite easily. So yeah, he's definitely one chink in their armour. And then all the rest of the players going forward are good. I can't say anything bad about any of them. Uh, Dewsbury Hall is probably one of the best, maybe the best attacking midfielder in, in the league um, on his day because he can both set goals up and he can score them. And he's also a progressive monster, so he's a very good player. Tawu is the player who who's the only player in the league who has more big chances created than Jorginho Ruter. So... That really does tell you enough about the player that Hotao is. He's very, very good. Uh, Mathedi is a big goal threat for them going forwards. And maybe the only little thing in their attacking lineup is um, Daka. Hasn't been the most efficient in front of goal this season. So he's one of the few who is running short of their XG this season. So he's maybe the only one who you'd want a chance to fall to maybe say it will be him. So expect a hat trick from him, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah. They've got a lot of good players in there. It's quite basic. Yeah, um, I am just going to run through a predicted lineup now because we've we've basically done that already. Um, whilst we're here, so like I say, Hermanson in net, centre backs are Vestergaard and Faze, and then right back is Pereira, left back is Justin, um, a double pivot of Jewsbury Hall and Winks, and then it's Mavadidi and Fatou on the wings with Pratt playing like centre attacking mid, and then Dakar up front. Uh, there's obviously variations on that slightly, but. That's best guess. I'll I guess I think that started the Middlesbrough game, didn't it? That one. Yeah. Yeah. It's mainly the main change that you could see is maybe Vardy for Darker. I think that's the only one that we're likely to see, unless they've got any injuries that I'm not aware of. Not yeah, Not not that I know of. No. I guess Vardy does have a very good record at Ellen Road, doesn't he? So mm-hmm. um, maybe. I mean, that doesn't normally play into these things, but it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to how Leeds might approach this game then, so what does the data say about their season so far, Martin? So yeah, just looking at them, obviously they've got some very good stats uh, for the underlines. Uh, they've got 46.41 XG um, from open play, which is the best in the league, and they've scored 49 goals from that. So as a team, they've slightly overperformed by 2.2 goals. So not a massive overperformance. That's pretty par for the course, I'd say. And then the... Set play XG is 6.93, and that's quite low, actually. That's only the, f- that's the third least set piece XG in the league, and they've scored eight goals from that set piece XG. So I don't want to say that set pieces won't be an issue, because if we leads and teams love a set play goal against like, us. They've got good players that can put in a good delivery, so maybe their XG is... yeah inflated because of that they probably don't have as many but I guess they are attacking teams so they should have more set pieces but maybe they don't approach it that way um, yeah I don't think it, I don't think it's something which is a core of what Mareska wants to do and most of their X, XG comes from open play so they don't have any concerns it's just generally they do finish the chances in open play so they don't need set pieces as much I think yeah so I think there's I guess those numbers may be misleading but also not you never know and then the, the other side of things but set actually uh, against they've got 20.47 xg against which is the second in the league and i'll let you guess who's is the best xg against in the league in open play taldo is it lead 
It is Leeds. Nice. So we are we are running at nineteen point one two next year against from open play, uh, which is pretty incredible to be honest. That's a very low amount for for this point in the season. Leicester isn't Leicester isn't far off, but ours is better. So have that one. And it could be nil nil then. Is what you're saying. <laughs> quite potentially, yes. Quite potentially. And then the set piece XG is quite quite interesting. Um, they are in the bottom half of the table for set play XG against. Uh, they've conceded 10.74 set play XG, which is three, four, five, six, seven, eighth worst in the league. Okay. So they do ship quite a lot of chances through set pieces. And from that 10, they've conceded 10 goals. So that's a pretty large amount of goals from set plays. Say they've, they've conceded 16 goals in open play ah, okay. and 10 from set pieces. Yeah. And just uh, just to give clarity to that, we've we've only conceded five set piece goals this season. It's not very Leeds, is it? And seven. <laughs> no, it's not. And that is actually the second best in the league. Wow. Is our set play XG? So yeah, we're doing quite well on that front as well. Um, but yeah, so I expect a uh, set piece goal for Leicester in this game. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, one nil Leicester win from a Vestergaard header. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that would that would it does it does. But yeah, so there's a lot of interest, there's interesting things in that data for, for sure. And we're, we've been reasonably strong when it comes to set play. However, our best set piece attacker, Pascal Strauch, <laughs> isn't with us. So yeah. He's still alive. Um, it, would, it would be nice. He is still alive. He's not yeah. dead. <laughs> so, so if our other defenders can chip in with some goals. Ampadu scored a couple in the cup, but that's all. So if we could get some set please scores, that, that'd be good. Joe Roden, I'm looking at you. He's too big to not score a header before long. Yeah, I was thinking that when you were saying that then. Mm. Good stuff. So that's that's enough about Leicester. Um, before we move on to the Leeds analysis, I will do a quick plug, quick plug, quick plug for the Patreon. Plug. Pug, a quick plug, yeah. You can't get it on the Patreon though. Just yeah. stats and tactics and stuff yeah. like that. So Patreon is a media platform where you can support content creators you enjoy and in return you get extra content. Our patrons can get access for as little as £1.99 per month, which gives you ad-free podcasts. And if you want to pay a little more, you can get other benefits, including early access to our preview pods, such as this one that you're listening to now, analysis, analysis articles, videos, and bonus podcasts. We have three tiers on offer on our Patreon, don't we, Martin? So can you tell us a bit more about them? Yes, so we've got the Baradi tier at one ninety nine, um, which basically gets you ad-free podcasts and just that's just basically there just to contribute even a little bit if you want to, to help us out. And then the middle tier is three ninety nine and that is the click tier and you get also ad-free podcasts with that and also early access to preview pods where possible. We do try to give as much early access as, as we can, but sometimes when we've got a tight turnaround, it's maybe not as much. I believe this pod is a quite a few days in advance because uh, we've got a bit more of a gap between games, so I think it's going to be about three days in advance, so decent. And then the Pablo tier gets you all of, of what the previous tiers gave you, as well as analysis articles and videos and bonus podcasts. Um, so you could definitely get the most bang for your buck with the Pablo tier at four ninety nine. Um, so yeah, we'd recommend that one. And if people want to sign up, Martin, where do they need to go to? That's at patreon.com forward slash A-S-A-W Patreon. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online 
you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Let's move on to how Leeds might approach this game then. So... On this first bullet point, it says injuries question mark, and then it says Dallas first, which is a is a bold one. But um, anyway, Dallas is probably injured. Yeah. Um, Strout, yes. Bamford, anyone else? I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's all the injuries we've currently got at the moment. I know Bamford is back soon, but he's not ready for this game. I don't think. I think he's back for the game after at least the league game after that, Maybe not the Chelsea game. Although I'm sure he would like to play against Chelsea, um, but I wouldn't expect him back for that one. So probably the week after. But yeah. Alves is most definitely injured, and I don't think we'll see him this season, unfortunately, for everyone who wants it to happen. And I do as well. I would love for him to get some games before his contract expires, but it doesn't seem likely. He's probably more likely to play at Liam Cooper's testimonial, isn't he? Really? Yes, yes, he is. Um, and then Strauch, just is just out still, isn't he? I don't know if we have a timeline on that, but he's definitely not playing. I think he said the next international break, which I think is towards the end of March. So, yeah, we've got some time before. The gorgeous pirate is back. Yeah, but I think it's the end of March because I only know that because they moved some League Two games today. That's the only reason I know that. Mm. Um, cool. So, how do you think we'll approach this game in possession then, Martin? I don't see us doing anything majorly different in possession. I think it'll still be the same sort of tactics we'll look to play. Um, there may be some variation depending on who starts and where as to what, what we do with certain individuals, but the overriding. Parts will still be there. We'll still look to possess the ball where we can. And we'll still look to get the ball to Georgie and Somerville and Monto. If, if he's playing, it could be James. Who knows? Um, but yeah, we will largely look to do the same sort of thing, which we always do. And I don't see that changing for any opponent, especially not at Elland Road. We're going to want to be, be the protagonist on this. Um, we've turned Elland Road into a fortress. I believe Elland Road is the only stadium where the hosts have been unbeaten. Uh, in all of England this season, possibly outside of England, I could be wrong on that. I'm pretty sure City and Liverpool are undefeated, aren't they? I'm not sure. I, I, was, I remember, really remember seeing something, unless maybe it was different worded. But yeah, I think it might. We definitely I'm got gonna, one of the best. I'm going to check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, I'm going to check. Liverpool, City have lost. I've not lost. No. Um, oh, okay. Well, maybe it's the tiers below the Championship then that I saw the stat from, possibly. Um, but yeah. But it's not going to be anything different. We've got a strong record at Ellen Road, and I would expect us to want to protect that and 
look to take the game to Leicester and do all the things that we love that we do this season. Yeah, if anything, the way they approach the game should play into our hands a little bit with us potentially yeah. attacking them in transition, which is what we're best at, really, rather than trying to break teams down. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't. I think Leicester's approach should probably dictate our approach somewhat, and it should play into our hands. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. What about our our possession in this game, then, Martin? Uh, well, that's the thing. This the, the previous Leicester game was sort of one of our best out of possession performances of the season. Um, that was the game that we were most worried about coming into it because we'd had a few games where we weren't the best out of possession before that. I'm thinking of the Norwich game. It was a proper turning point, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, it really was. Uh, yeah. And that was, I think, probably one of the first games where we did see the hybrid man-to-man approach, which Farker used. Um, it's really interesting that he did that. Because like we mentioned previously, we didn't really seen that much from him in that sort of area before. So yeah, it worked very well. And I would expect we do similar in this game. So we'll look to have the hybrid approach and just to make people aware what, what hybrid man-to-man approach is. It means you would have man-to-man elements in the forward phases of that. So players covering all the different players in when the opponent are building up and also when players drop to receive and try to aid. But then when teams bypass forward press, the team would sort of settle into shape rather than man-to-man approach throughout like we saw under Bielsa. So it's just like a mix between the man-to-man approach and zonal looking approaches. So yeah, I I would expect it to be larger similar to that and it could well be nearly the exact same personnel minus Pascal Strauch and minus um, Dan James because I'd I'd expect Nonto to start with how good he's been recently. Um, But that has potential to change. He may opt to bring in James for this game, but we'll Talk about the lineups not too far away. I have what one. It's not more really a way that Leeds will approach this game. It's just something out of possession that I want to keep an eye on, and it probably leans into the next question as well. So I'm, I'm going to answer uh, ask that first, which was: Is there a player you could see having a big impact on the outcome of this game from Leeds? And as always, this could be good or bad. Now, I don't have a specific player in mind, but with what you said about Daka being able to drop in and then Jewsbury Hall going past him, I think there's. Two things I wanted to keep an eye on there is who follows Daka, um, depending on the side he's on. Because I guess Ampadu is probably the more, well, I don't know, it, it can vary which one's more proactive. It was very much a, bal- a, a balance between Schrauch and Rodon, but I've, maybe you see that a bit more mm-hmm. balance with Ampadu and Rodon. Um, so it's, it's, I guess they're both comfortable pushing up to follow a player when they do yeah. that, but then the other one's going to be just careful at sweeping up, which is, is fine. I've, I'm happy with them both doing that, but something to keep an eye on. And then who follows Jewsbury Hall? Because I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as comfortable with this aspect of it. Because I think Ampadu is probably the best at that in that position to follow a player when they make that run. Whereas maybe I don't trust Kamara or uh, Gruev to do that as much. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. I guess then that's what your other centre backs there to sweep up and do, isn't it? But it's just I think that dynamic of the midfield and the defence is what I'm trying to get out of here. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, it's it's going to be a Delicate balancing acts, and players will have to know who it is that they're meant to be responsible for in what parts of the phase. And if Daka moves over to the right side, you'd expect Roden to be the one covering him. If he moves over to the other side, you expect it to be Ampadu who's covering him. So there's got to be very clear guidelines as to who, who's covering Ampadu and when. Uh, most important, especially since we don't do this sort of man to man approach all the time. Um, also, we've managed it very well in the previous game. 
but because we've already done it once, America may have some variation in the way he's looking to do this. So he may have changes which he makes to respond to this. I don't mean that full sweeping changes to the way he plays, but it's more who makes runs and where they could practice different rotations in training in the lead up to this. So there could be variations and it could even be uh, Jewsbury Hall, instead of making the central half space run, he could look, look to make more of a wide run. So then it could be more Archie Gray's responsibility or Thurpo's responsibility to patch that run when he's moving forward. So it's going to be interesting to see the way Maresco attempts this and if he does stick to what has worked for him this season or if he does try to surprise us with some different rotations with different players. So yeah, that's definitely an important part of it, who is covering who in, in those attacks. I think um, I hadn't thought about Jewsbury Hall making the run sort of out wide, but I guess that would also open space for Leicester's wingers, which would also be quite terrifying. So yeah, that, that yeah. whole dynamic is definitely something to keep an eye on for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone else that you could see having a big impact on this game from Leeds' perspective, Martin? I've got to say my boy, Rutter, um, because if he is playing in attacking midfield in this game, which isn't really certain at the moment because in the last game against Plymouth, I think he started in attacking midfield, potentially. I remember seeing a pass map where he was quite deep in the first half and then the second half it was more advanced. But I think there were a few rotations in this game. And I have not actually rewatched Plymouth game because I wasn't on that review, which was quite quite novel for me. It was weird having a having a Monday after a Saturday game where I didn't have to watch like rush watching the game after I finished work. So it was quite interesting. I mean, and I didn't like enjoy it. I did not. You probably watched Leeds against Plymouth more than any person in the country, though, Martin. So, well, outside of an analyst job, you've watched every game at least twice. <laughs> so you pro- you've probably done enough this season. That's fair. That's fair. I won't. De- I won't deny that. And um, so, yeah, uh, I do think that there's going definitely going to be interesting things with Georgie, no, no matter where he is. But I think he will be most effective at attacking midfield in this game, and um, because probably the player who I would want to see him attacking most is Winks. Yeah, because I think he's the least mobile out of their midfield and out of nearly all of their decline. Um, Vestergaard is the other weak link. So if we can either get Ruter running either in deep to receive and then trying to turn and spin on, on Harry Winks, I don't think Winks will be able to cope with that. Or if he can do the same a bit further forward against Vestergaard, I guess that combination is going between him and Cree uh, or him and Nonto. So we we'll just need to try to work and dodge and get him into the game as much as we can because he, he wasn't at his most effective against Plymouth. even I can admit that and I love the, I love him probably his weakest performance that we've seen this season and he got a goal and assist <laughs> that's just how that, that's just how special my boy is that even when he's performing well he still has those little moments where he can do something magic and he did both the assists and the goal were very good assists and goals the assists kind of looked like a bit of a hit and a hope but Sorry, you saw him looking over. He, he knew roughly where Nonso was, and he found him. So, so you can say, but yeah, that's not what we're here to talk about. But yeah, Mon- uh, Rutter is the main guy for me in this one, as well as Somerville and Nonto because of how well both those two have been doing as well. So that trio for me. Yeah, it was mine was probably Nonto as well. Not not for any sort of particularly a particular reason. It's just I'm going on vibes on this one that I just think he will have a big impact on this game. And that's. I really should be showing more analysis there, but I'm just that's basically all I'm going on. That's fine. Vibes is good. Yeah. Sometimes we can vibes it. Uh predicted lineup then. Unchanged. 
I would expect so. I think it's most likely to be unchanged. The only variation which I don't think is that likely is um, James coming into the side. Uh, the two who are most likely to come out if that was to happen would be either Nonto or a wild card. So I see here, Peru coming out, James. And then having no, not James up front. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. I did. I, for, for people, obviously, you can't see me, but I, I did pull a face. Then the listeners can't see me, but I did pull quite a face. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't worry. I, I'm not advocating for James up front. Uh, we've seen that enough, and we don't want that. We want James where he is most effective, which is on, on the right Sorry, wing. Yeah, on the right and, wing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> old, old habits. I'll let you off for that one, Talda. Uh, but yeah, the, it, I'd be interested to see whether not Nonto could play a more central role. Um, and that's one thing that we haven't really seen, but I do definitely think he's got the tools to be able to be effective in central spaces. He's got very good close control. He can quickly turn and beat a man and carry the ball past them. And I think he also makes good intelligent runs, so he could either occupy either the attacking midfield role or even as a striker. Um, I think he started his career over in um, Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> Playing a lot as a, a lot as a striker, and it's definitely something he had done before. It's been a while, but it's not something which he's not done before. So I don't think it will happen. I'm serious here. It's going to be an un- unchanged lineup, but it's just something I want to see more than what I expect that will happen. Yeah, I'm not sold on Nonto as a striker. Um, I was just say clearly, clear, we're not saying Nonto up front in this game, but uh, we're saying just more generally about Nonto in central. Um, I do quite like the idea of him as centre centre mid. So, Oh, well, centre attacking mid, like behind the striker. Yeah, I, th- I prefer that. That's what I prefer. I think is it Tom Wilson in our group chat that's quite big on that, or is it someone else? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was twelve. Yeah, I really like the idea of that striker. I'm not sold on yet. Maybe, maybe as he progresses mm. in his career, but not not at the moment. But yeah, I think it's probably got to be Perot, unless it's, it could be Joseph for variation. But I doubt that from the start. No, I don't think so. Not for a big game like this. Let's talk about this game a bit more generally then. So where do you expect watching what's where do you expect what do you expect watching this game of football will look like? So there's going to be a big battle for possession. That's the thing which I see most it is definitely going to be a big struggle for who's going to be the dominant side in this game. And both teams are going to be pressing in their own ways quite intensely to try to rattle the ball back from the other. So it's gonna be interesting to see which team does get the better of the other. Um, like I said before, in the previous fixture, um, 65% possession to Leicester and 35 to us. Um, I don't expect it to be like that in this game. We're at, it's at Island Road, and I don't, I don't think any team has had more possession than us at Island Road this season. We've played there the most, Martin, that's why. Well, this is true, yeah. it's true. But the other teams who have come to Island Road, there's been maybe two, a few teams who have got 48% possession. And that's the highest that a team's got. So there have been teams who have given us a, an even chair. A recent game against Swansea, actually, that one was one where they had 48% possession. Didn't do a right lot with it. Um, but yeah, that one and the Norwich game, I think that was the away Norwich game where they had... They had quite a lot in the home game, Norwich, though. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. So, but there's only been like three or four games where it's been close to fifty-fifty at, at Elland Road, and most of the time we have been the dominant side by a good margin. So that part's going to be interesting. The possession battle, and so we, Leicester will try to, to do, do what they want to do. We will try to do what we want to do. It's. I'm really looking forward to this game. 
It's a very exciting game to watch, and I, I imagine the players will be very, very up for it, especially with Leicester losing recently. That'll definitely wet their lips in anticipation. And as it stands, uh, Southampton still losing. So I did Ooh, say that it might, nice. we might be disappointed by the end of the podcast. There's still 15 minutes left in that game, but um, yeah, but I'll, I'll leave that one now. Um, yeah, I'm I'm for much agree on this one. The, um, I think I think it'll be a good game to watch. That, that'll definitely be. In, but yeah, it could be potentially quite open. I think I think it'll go in phases. To be honest, we get game areas uh, times in the game where it'll be quite open, and then I think you might see one team sit in at different times. Um, and yeah. depending on the sort of you could, you'll see the both managers maybe doing little tweaks here and there just to get sort of get more dominance. I think we, that was quite a big feature in the first game that. The teams took it in turns to mm. possess the ball for longer periods, and then there were periods where it was open. So I think we could see that again. Yeah, I'd imagine a quite similar game to the previous one. I want to maybe with the with us having more of the ball than than what Leicester did in the previous game. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a good way of putting. It. I could have just said that. It would be like the last one. Um, <laughs> final question, as always, then Martin. So where do we think this game will be won or lost? Well, I think both teams are, go- are going to be quite effective in possession. But I do think it's going to come down to whoever takes advantage of the transitional attacks that they get. I think that's going to be a big factor in this game. I think both teams are quite good at defending the bot. Actually, we've been very good, especially this year. This is going to be the biggest test that we've had this year from an out-of-possession standpoint. They're going to be a team who are going to really test our defence. No team has really put our defence under much pressure in, in this run that we've had. So it's going to be interesting to see if our defence can stand up to it. If it can, then we'll have to. If we can take advantage of the transitional attacks, which that will leave behind, then we should have a, good, a positive ending. But if Leicester are able to stop us scoring in those transitional attacks, and then we're left open to the to the same, and see if they can take advantage. So that's for me where it's it's going to be one or loss. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably a bit of a cop out of this but I think it'll come down to individuals t- being unlike that that's I think because mm. there's so many good players in this game that it'll be individual moments will probably make the difference in this one there's there's two good teams they're both tactically good teams so there, there will just be those moments where one will get on top of the other um or like what what yeah. a, a chance will fall to like a Somerville or a, a Rutter and they need to take the chance in that moment and then it's also stuff like we said earlier like a player following Dewsbury Hall all it takes is one moment of not following Dewsbury Hall and he's, he's scored so yeah he, I think this is more one where I think individuals will make the difference rather than the system being the yeah. winning um, the way that the game's won because both teams are good and both teams have good systems mm-hmm. indeed yeah. it's not I feel like it's not an answer we give very often as well which is quite quite a nice for a bit of change but I guess we don't have games like this in the championship very often no, we certainly don't. Good stuff. So that brings an end to the preview of the Leicester game. Um, just remind everyone where they can sign up for the Patreon, Martin. It's patreon.com forward slash A-S-A-W. Lovely stuff. So we will be back with a review of this game. I think we're going to try and do that on Sunday night because it's we the game is on Friday, obviously. And then we're also planning to preview Chelsea on Monday. So keep an eye out for that one. But... Until then, I will say thank you to Martin. Uh, Thank you as well. No problem. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye.